helping people to rock their brand is that confidence. And I now never ask the question, do you like this? That's the wrong question to ask them. Ignore people that say, don't use that, it's overused. They want to design, but you're not really respecting yourself with what you're charging. And one thing I will say is I'm not a big fan of sending clients questionnaires. I think that's the most yeah. soul-destroying thing in the world. We used the yeah. we used the thing last night where I'm like, I could say I'm a brain surgeon and have a go. I love that. That's such a good analogy. I could, I could go, yeah, is it? I'm a, I've read an e-book. I know what I'm doing. And then you end up coming out like, ah. Okay, you don't work anymore. It's the same. If you let someone into your brand to poke around and they don't know what they're doing, you're going to end up with like a scrambled brain of a brand. I think many young designers are looking for a quick jump yeah. into bigger money and it doesn't work that way. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today you'll be listening to myself, Mark Hirons, Mr. Matt Roth, who joined me on this Creative Waffle Podcasting tour, and Cole Gray, that's Pixels Cole. Uh, yeah, this is a great episode, a really, really good episode about branding, uh, design, logo design. Uh, and yeah, we talked in depth about Cole's process, and what he thinks of the branding world, uh, calling yourself a brand strategist uh, when you shouldn't be, um, and, and just, just many different topics around, around design and branding. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's a great one from the Podcasting Tour uh, 2019. I uh, hope you like the new branding of the podcast as well. Uh, a bit of more vibrant stuff for, for the new year. Just just a bit more cohesive, a bit more uh, together, bringing everything up together a bit more, feeling a bit like more like a stronger brand. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy that. I hope you like this podcast. Uh, please do give it a thumbs up, a review uh, in the comments section, and share it around on social media. Thank you very much. Uh, see you at the end of it. And you are in Scotland, so fine. Just every now and again, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty burgers, fifty different types. It's crazy. Uh, I go a lot. 
What did you have, mate? You had I had a, a plowman, I think. Yeah, so I went a bit experimental last night. Yeah. So I actually quite like that. Again, the sweet and savoury worked really well. So yeah. I like that. Nobody went for the Mr. Stay Puffed one, though, which is the marshmallow one, a burger. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is a step too far for some people. No. Maybe next time, maybe next time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> definitely have to come back, yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about, I guess, if people haven't listened to the first one, who are you and what do you do? Uh, yeah, so um, I've got this little studio, call it a studio, you know, freelancers who are on their own. <laughs> studio, <laughs> I'm not a freelancer. Uh, yeah, Pixels Inc. Uh, started Pixels Inc. 2005, December 2005. So 14 years this year. Still going, still here. Um, did what everyone does when they start off. Do anything. I'll do anything for money. Um, <laughs> websites, stationery, logos, everything. Just everything to try and you know do stuff. But then you soon realise that that's. And some people are happy doing that, but when you're on your own, it can get a little bit tricky. So I think in the last four years, four or five years, I decided to specialise. Or not specialise, but focus more on logo design. And that's led when you and I was like, yeah, I do. I like doing logos. But then when you start to look into doing that and specialising in that, I start to look way more into strategy behind logos, mm-hmm. and and that's a that's a rabbit hole in itself. And you, there's a lot of self education going on there, and in a way, realizing the way that I was doing logos was not the best way. Okay. Um, it's creating decent logos. They looked good. But I don't think they were problem solving. I don't think they kind of did a, did the job that I'm aware that logos need to do now. So, so that's been interesting. So I've, I've in the past four or five years, I've spent quite a lot of my money on self development and going to conferences and doing uh, learning how to be a better speaker, uh, lots of stuff like that. And we could probably touch on that later. But. Um, yeah, the, the last four or five years has seen me kind of yeah. uh, definitely focus more into strategy because I'm now, like, I teach workshops now at like local universities and business accelerators and I love doing that. I love teaching people about branding um, and then I've got a YouTube channel as well. So, and that was part of that. That was part of, you can only do so much one-to-one. You can you can teach a client and do that, but you know, so many people need more they need to yeah. know more um, to kind of help us as a design industry yeah. help help clients understand that what we do is a valuable skill yeah. and treat us with more respect damn it yeah. you know because um, I do feel that we're a bit of a commodity to a lot of people not all clients are like that there are there are clients who understand but they tend to be clients who've worked in co- large corporate and understand the power of branding and they know what it means smaller businesses don't really have that business owners don't really have that knowledge mm-hmm. and they only go by what they see on Facebook you know which is adverts for Fiverr or 99 designs so that's where their basis for their budget will be mm-hmm. you know and it's not that they're wrong it's just they they don't understand what it is that goes into it so so yeah so it's, I think education has been a big thing for me um, and it's given me more confidence and a bit more confidence in my own skills. I've got imposter syndrome like a lot of designers. Um, there's days where you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? This? Who am I? What am I doing? Um, but you need to kind of surround yourself with 
I think you need to surround yourself with with other people. If you, especially a lot of us will work on our own. Mm. A lot of us yeah. um, will work on our own, and it's a lonely thing. And you, there's a lot of self doubt yeah. with you know concepts and stuff. And sometimes just having that one other person to bounce it off of. So you know, communities like Logo Geek that Ian runs and yeah. stuff, I think, are really valuable because I think Ian's really good that when people post up for feedback, he makes sure that they that there's a, a background behind it so people can give relevant critique rather than what we were saying last night when we were talking about this, you know, like, you know, putting up a logo and some people just going, I don't like it. Mm. It's not useful at all. Yeah. Um, so Ian's building a good community of people that are, um, A, learning how to describe what they're doing, but also I think he's teaching designers how to give better feedback. Mm. Um, which I think is then useful for when those designers are working with clients because they can ask, then ask their clients for better feedback. Mm -hmm. um, so he's doing a great thing with that. Um, I'm in a couple of other communities and I'm in a business community called the Content Marketing Academy, uh, which is about content marketing and learning how to do content marketing better. And I've been in that for four years. That was kind of at that point of where I was changing my business and, and, and changing what I wanted to do. And that's been amazing. And I have an accountability group in there. There's myself, Cara and Ross, and we meet once a month and just yeah. shoot the shit, really. Yeah. We talk about business for a bit, but a lot of the times we talk about personal stuff and mm. just we're just friends. And um, and you need that. I think you can get, you know, there's times where I'll go along to that being really, I've had a hard, maybe hard day, hard month, mm. and feel so much better after it. Um, but you need to have that regularly because it's, you can dip. That's what happens a lot for me when I come away from conferences and, and things like that. I, I go there all excited and then made notes, but then I, I don't know what I'm doing afterwards. <laughs> and then you're back in your own room on your own. But um, so that's yeah, like you say, having community and having a place where you can put your work in and then get feedback. And but, but yeah, like you say, I think Ian's doing a fantastic job and um, not just commenting on on the logo and saying uh, giving giving feedback like oh, it looks pretty, but yeah, actual proper, proper, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And I think it makes people, and the amount of people, the amount of designers that I've seen who've put a logo in, and it's not been great, and then they've gone away and they've taken on advice, and then they've come back, and it's been like, see, that's you've put, so you've better, thought yeah. about that, and it's you know it's worked out really well, um, and you get others who won't listen. They're only putting it up there because they just yeah. want you to say that's brilliant. And yeah, they exactly. don't get that. It's you got to grow. Uh, you got to grow a bit of a thick skin mm. um, as a designer because people aren't going to like everything you do yeah. and which can be yeah. hard because you yeah. put your heart and soul into it and they're like mm, it's not for us but I think that's the difference <coughs> now with me where I was doing logos before I would do logos that I thought looked good was, whereas yeah. now and we spoke about this last night I now have a process mm. and I know that the logo that's designed at the end of the process may not be the the best looking logo in the mm. world but it's developed as part of a process which is the right thing for that client yeah. and so I have way more confidence in my in the end result now which means I have more confident when I'm presenting it to the client mm. um, and I now never ask the question do you like this that's the wrong question to ask them you ask the question do you believe this fits your goals and ambition for your yeah. business after you know Considering everything we've gone through, and ninety nine point nine times out of a hundred, they'll say, "Yeah, 
Yeah. I think that that's the thing as well. There's such an emphasis over how everything looks rather than does it actually do the, the yeah. job that it intends to yeah. do. And I think also, um, do you think also with maybe education as well as ourselves in the industry, we're focusing too heavily on how it looks rather than the purpose of it? Or do you think that's just a miscommunication? I don't know. I, think, I mean, obviously through. how it looks is, 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 is good, but like you brought up last night, Mark, it's about the local system. Mm. It's mm. about, you know, the, it's about what can you do with the logo or yeah. what's the backup elements with that logo that allows the client to have a, a visual language as much as like a, a written language yeah. for their brand. And that's an important thing for me when I'm doing it now. And um, I think most designers can kind of think that way when they're creating something, they're, they're thinking things like when they look on a, the side of a bus, even if the client's never going to advertise on the side of a bus, yeah. you never know what's going to happen with a small business that you work with. Yeah. It could rocket you just never know um and so you always do that and i think you it's it's your job as a designer to let the to visualize that for the client because mm -hmm. they can't visualize it no if you show the logo on a white piece of paper they might go yeah it's okay mm -hmm. as soon as you visualize that and show it in mock-ups they can see they're like oh and then they then start going what about on this? What yeah. about that? And you get them excited. I love it when a client gets excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then the problem's holding them back mm. and going, mm, no, that's probably not where it, you yeah. want to have it and you don't <laughs> want to be doing that. And it's like controlling them. Mm. But that's a good sign. That means that they're excited for the brand. And it's one of the things that I, um, it's one of the things I learned as well about going when you go to networking events and people say, what do you do? And you say, I'm a graphic designer. All oh, right, okay, what's that? Like business cards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the conversation ends yeah. I don't need business cards either way um, so I I can't remember who it was but somebody told me you know just the way to, to say it was don't tell them what you do as a thing tell them what you give them so I start to say, say what do you do and I say I give business owners confidence what do you mean so, yeah, so I tell yeah. them you know well I help them with their brand I develop their visual identity okay. the strategy and stuff and at the end of that they have way more confidence in their brand which gives them more confidence and not take more risks but be more adventurous with where they take their business yeah. and then that opens yeah. a wider conversation mm -hmm. um, you know so uh, yeah, if anyone else wants to say that you know feel <laughs> okay. free um, and that's yeah. kind of where the and then I changed that a little bit to the rock your brand thing you know I rock people's brands yeah. and and initially they'll think you know it's like ah, I'm doing like <laughs> metal, heavy metal logos and stuff yeah. um, but it's just I, I like heavy metal and I go to heavy metal concerts and stuff and I have like a rock kind of Look. attitude internally yeah. but I'm quite a shy person I'm quite yeah. softly spoken when I'm when I'm seeing people I'm not in your face or anything yeah. so it's it's more it's like a, an attitude of you know so people think that if they work with me it's going to be like loud and brash it's, it's not that the rocking helping people to rock their brand is that confidence mm. if you have the confidence you will go out there and want to be front of stage and you know go on there and play your guitar or whatever but um, and that little kind of epiphany that happened for me again it, it was all four or five years ago just set me off on a different a different path and, and helped me to rock my own brand and sort of say right um, I suppose it was probably about the time I started you know started growing this about six years ago um, <laughs> and people started you know I've always kind of worn a baseball cap since I lost my hair. Um, 
and it became a bit of a thing where I'd walk into a networking event and everybody else would mostly be in suits or small yeah, yeah, casual yeah. and I'd have my baseball cap and beard so people would recognise me mm-hmm. oh that's Coffin Pixel thing and so it's kind of stuck and mm-hmm. so I can't really I can't really change Shit. it so like, not like, that I want to change it um, and it's it's good to have that because I think we're all striving to as designers to have that thing yeah. that sets you apart well, it's like um, drafting with his, his jean jacket and, and field notes and a baseball cap yeah and, you and know, a big beard it's yeah. like yeah. designer in his pants yeah. you know yeah. it's just yeah I want, I want to ask you uh, about the, the um, logo systems because the young designers listen to this who won't know what that is so why is it important to have a logo system and what is it? Well, you want... Um, a logo system is essentially, in, in my mind, and people will describe it differently, but it's, it's being able to take... If you design a logo, there should be elements that you can either lift from the logo or you create that back it up that you can use as icons, background graphics, um, even the way you play with the text and wording. It's just... A visual, I, I call it a visual language for the brand, um, where it references the logo in some way, um, whether it's just a section of it. And, and a good example of that is the new Yahoo logo by Pentagram and Michael Beirut. Um, it's one of those ones, again, that's kind of cut people down the middle. Oh, it's all right, you know. But, but And I suppose it is all right as a logo. I like it. I, I'm a big fan of kind of chunky. T- I'm a big fan of uh, Draplin's work. It's not my style, though. I don't really do that style. I just like his stuff. Um, but when you look at what Pentagram have done with the, the visual and the logo system for that, it totally works. You know, They've got a specific angle on that exclamation mark, and you can see that all the way through, um, like on their posters. And, and it's, it's just those little hints that make it a, a, a larger mm-hmm. goal. Oh, um, um, it's probably going to be on... Um, under consideration, is it under yeah, consideration? Really, yeah. Is that the, um, that's a good newsletter. I like getting that every Wednesday and see. Yeah, what's, brand, what's, so that's brand new under consideration. Brand new, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, it's really yeah, good. That really works, yeah. Um, but yeah, they've played uh, around with exclamation marks. Really, you know, right. like the you know the animations and stuff. Uh, we talked about animation last night in local yeah. systems, um, and it's just, it's just it's it's solid. Like everything there, like you know, the solid blocks of color with the mm. solid heavy sans serif lettering, it all just works. Yeah. You know, and Yahoo, the word has an exclamation mark. It's like a point. Yeah. And I think it fits the That's brand great. perfectly. Um, oh. There's some stuff that I think you know, Pentagram have put out that I've been like, mm. okay. Because um, they're the biggest. Yeah, but <laughs> not, you know, there's sometimes you know, but again, it's like um, put it on the screen. I suppose. We all, even though we try not to, we, we do make knee-jerk judgments on the first time we see something. I yeah. said that to you last night about the when Dropbox changed their, um, you know, well they didn't change their logo, they tweaked the logo, but the supporting logo, the supporting system with the illustrations and stuff, I was like, what is this? You know, Dropbox, we, we will help you be more creative and stuff. I'm like, you're a storage solution. Mm. Well, you know, why are you suddenly this bigger thing and I, I, I was vocally against it um, mm. I don't know why just maybe having a bad day uh, I think I actually saw it well, I first saw it at something like 5 o'clock in the morning at the airport when I was travelling somewhere and I was just not in a great mood um, <laughs> what are you doing um, and then it grew on me I could see what they were doing when they started to use it so I'm very careful now I try not to 
make comment on logos when they're first announced yeah. because I like to kind of and I see you know I see logos get announced and then there's instantly YouTubers <coughs> going on and having their opinion yeah you know I don't like this because this and that. I'm like, well give it a chance to grow but see where it's being used yeah um, so I used to do that because the reason why I did it is because the first time you, if you go on there straight away and get, oh, you get the, first, the first review yeah. is you get the hits yeah. so but now I just yeah I just yeah you get the hits and that's and that's one of that's the that's we talked about this a little bit we talked about a lot of stuff last night but the, like we touched on things like social and YouTube and stuff like that social mm-hmm. and how we get sucked in by the likes and the subscribers and stuff um, YouTube's slightly different in that you can make money from it yeah. So if you're first and you get more views, you will make AdSense off of it. So I can I can understand that, um, but I I think you have to have respect for your audience, mm-hmm. and I think if you're going to have an opinion, it should be a well formed one. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a first gut instinct okay. on it. Um, so but what I would maybe do is I would maybe uh, and I've thought about this, but I've never done it yet. I thought be quite interesting when something comes out to record my first gut instinct on it mm. not do anything with it just record my thoughts and then a month later go back and look at that brand mm. and record my thoughts and then create what a video, video yeah, system good. where yeah. people know that the first part of the video is my initial instinct going, well, I think that sucks that's not going to work that looks weird and then part two is like mm. I've had time to look at this now and I love what they're doing with this or maybe my instincts were right I, I'm not a fan of how they're doing this and mm. um, Somebody will go away and do that now. Yeah, now that I've said that. I'll take that. Um, (laughs) But I think, I think when people are, but we talked about how I I struggle about having an opinion. Mm. Um, I'm not a big fan of confrontation and stuff. So I I struggle in getting my real thoughts out there at times and getting better at it. But there are people who have no qualms about getting their opinion out there. And if they do not like something, they will post it up and they put it out there. Mm. And that's fine. But that's just not me. And that's the thing as well, that's to anyone who's thinking about, who's thought about doing a podcast or YouTube or stuff, one of the things that stopped me from doing it was like, well, why bother? There's already like a hundred people doing design stuff on YouTube. There's already people doing design podcasts. You know, do we need another design podcast? Well, if you do something differently, like with video, I wasn't going to do it, but then one of my friends, Chris, from the CMA said, yeah, there's lots of people doing it, but nobody will talk about it the way you'll talk about it you'll have your own slight different take on it um, I suppose one of the things which I get a lot of comments on is my accent yeah. like the Americans and stuff <laughs> love, love the Scottish accent um, I've had uh, I had someone uh, ask if they you know how much would it how much would it take for me to um, read the Lord of the Rings trilogy as <laughs> an audiobook and can I start a Kickstarter or a crowdfunder or whatever it was and that made me laugh but I have had emails as well you know asking how much it would be to do voiceovers for stuff that's, that's, that's funny that's, that's great really you should funny. do it yeah, should should do. Do. Well, no, I did get back to one of them but they never got back to me um, that was for a, it was weird it was um, very random um, they wanted me to do they, were, they asked if I'd be interested in doing like a, a voiceover for an advert for what they called Snowbirds um, and this was in the states, and apparently a snowbird is a retired person who right. moves from like colder climates to like Las Vegas in the winter, and they mm. call them snowbirds because they oh, migrate. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. wanted me to um, do a voiceover for like an advert for Amazing. for it, um, and they were like, "Yeah," because we think it was like we we think that uh, 
it must have been targeting a specific area in the states that you know we think that farmers in Idaho would love your accent mm. and I was like all right <laughs> so I just I sent a message back saying you know what, what do you expect from me you know do I just record it and you do all the editing and stuff because obviously I'm trying to think about you know if I have to edit it and, and then there's there's mm. more than just the voiceover and I had another clue how much to charge but yeah. It, yeah I did get back to them but they never got back to me um but that's the thing as well when as designers we get a bit we get stuck in doing the design yeah. if you do start doing podcasts or video or something, it opens doors that you never really expected to happen. 100%. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Before we get onto that, though, I just want to wrap up on the brand brand mm-hmm. system thing, because I can clip it up and make it clip out. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the brand system. So, like you were saying, Yahoo, is it's, they've done it really well. I'm looking at it now, and it's using the angle on the on the, on the Y, it's fantastic. And, yeah. But by brand system, that's what we mean. We mean using yeah. taking certain parts of the logo, certain parts of the, the still image, and using it in a visual and exciting way. Um, even, even the colours and yeah I mean it doesn't even have to be part of the logo it could just be some sort of element or reference I mean I've had clients I finished a, a, a technically it wasn't a rebrand for the client but they came to me and they were struggling to get business they were struggling against a competitor and um, they'd they'd spent money with an SEO expert yeah. and I'm like here we go you know basically he was ripped <laughs> off he was absolutely ripped off and he'd, he'd tried a few things um, and I and I went and had a meeting with them and told them about like Chris from the Content Marketing Academy and um, I've got a client Gavin Bell who specialises in Facebook ads mm. and I said look I've got people around me that I trust one hundred percent so you know I'd happily you know I, I don't need to get anything out of this no. I'll happily first but we had a look he said well I've got these leaflets and they were like he'd done them himself and they just weren't great and I said we should bring all this together into like a twelve page brochure or something. Um, but he had his logo, but he really liked it, so he wasn't changing that. But there was nothing, there was no system. Yeah. Mm. There was nothing to use with it. So um, I work, I have a designer works with me, Stuart, and so um, I kind of gave Stuart a project uh, to kind of go away, and Stuart came up with a, like a system, very simple system of just series, like diagonal kind of blocks, like hollowed out blocks, and it almost referenced that it was a transport company with trucks and they, they, they fixed trucks and stuff and it was like tire tread so we kind of took this oh, tire tread cool. thing and we we made everyone, and it looked really good and the client really liked it it now gives them something and they've now redeveloped the website client of mine Martin and that they did the website based on what we did with the, the brochure yeah. so um, a system can make your job as a designer so much easier in the long run when the client comes back and says oh we need we need some posters done or we need the PowerPoint backgrounds yeah. done. You've got a system there and you go, yeah, well, we just take this and that and put that as a watermark or leave it along the bottom. Mm. If you just focus on a logo, it's a logo at the top of a letterhead or on a business card. It doesn't... It needs to be seen in the wider context of the whole brand because... The whole lo- time. That famous saying of logo is not just a brand. Yeah. A, a brand is not just a logo. It's the whole yeah. thing. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. It's, and that's, it's so much wider. You, you typically see... Uh, logos being content holders, so um, we put images in inside the shape of the logo, and that's quite a, yeah. a, a common use of a, yeah. a, a wider system. You have for different events, you have the logo, and you put different pictures in depending on who's speaking, or whatever. Um, so that's quite common. Or, or even um, like they did with the Hillary Clinton pentagram campaign, where they had uh, yeah, the the, the, the H, yeah. but they had it with different um, different, different illustrations and different colours and things, and um, how they can change it. Just having having that one shape and how you can manipulate it and, and create. Uh, create it for different things which yeah is yeah it's just 
you just want flexibility. Yeah. You know, they say it. those things, what are the, you know, I'll never remember what they are, but you know, like a logo must have, you know, adaptability, flexibility, uh, versatility, I think they mean the same thing, to well, be honest. It, um, it's a, it's um, be unique. Yeah. Um, the unique thing is difficult these days. It's a, it's a, yeah. you, you look at the amount of logos that have been designed since logos started being designed, trying to get something unique, especially if it, the, the more simple you go, mm. it's it's difficult. I mean, I, I'd imagine a lot of people uh, listening have probably got Logo Modernism, um, which yeah. is an amazing book, never fits on anyone's bookshelves. <laughs> always, you always see it flat on top of something because it can't stand up because it's so big. But you look through that and like the Uber logo's in there, you know, and it was like a Japanese engineering firm. There's lots of logos that they're not unique. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of, when I, like say, when I follow my design process, if at the end of it I've created something which is part of that, then the sticky point is, is if it's been trademarked and it currently exists as a trademark in the same industry, because mm -hmm. that's one of the things as well. It's like, it's a, in, in short form, trademarking is common sense. Yeah. Will that confuse the consumer into thinking it is an, it is a competing brand? Mm. You know, is there is it too close? So if, yeah. if one was an engineering company and the other was a beauticians, it's a very different industry. Yeah. yeah, it's a very different. Because you look at you look at logos that have stars in them, like you know, you've got Converse. Well, that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, and all the other ones that have star red stars. There's like there's a, I'm pretty sure there's a beer brand as well that's got a red star in it. They're all very different industries. Yeah, but they're quite close looking, yeah. and so I see a lot of people in, uh, in Logo Geek for to go back to Logo Geek when people put up logos and people, oh, that looks exactly like such and such when it doesn't look exactly like it but it, it reminds yeah. them of it but that's going to happen yeah it's going to happen yeah. um and as designers we should know better mm. than having that as your feedback yeah it should be you know a little bit more uh critical a little bit more developed mm. um, because that's almost close to i don't like it it, yeah, is, it, is. You know, it reminds me of this mm. um, and then you go does it and then you get and, you know when you go and look you go there's nothing like it no, because it. in your head what you're thinking of a logo is I say it's not you. You're maybe see, like I did one a, a while ago for a, for a company and it was a P and they're like oh it looks too much like the Pinterest logo and I was like really and I put the Pinterest logo and it looked nothing like it but no. because it was a P in their head they're like yeah, it looks like Pinterest it. and it, when you put it together it didn't yeah but when that happens it sometimes it's too late. It's in their head, yeah. and, and 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 the client can't unthink it. Yeah, I have. So that. you have to kind of move away from it. Yeah, I had that with a client who he's got a video production company. He does a lot of wildlife um, stuff, and he asked me to do a logo for him, both for bear prints, uh, like a footprint of a bear paw, and then the actual bear. And then somebody said to me, with the full bear illustration, it looks like the Hollister logo. And I was like, Oh no, okay. And then I had a look at them. Oh, there was a I guess a, a slight similarity, but the style was totally yeah. different. But in their mind, they thought yeah. it was Hollister logo, and it was like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't mean to do that, but like you say, it's a, it's unavoidable if somebody wants that particular. Kind that's of where a logo system will help you out. Mm. That's where yeah, you can differentiate. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Point. You know, the logos may be similar. Yeah, but your logo system will be entirely different. Absolutely, typefaces will be different. Yeah. Colors will be different. When you see it in use, yes, you're like, yeah, it looks nothing like the Hollister brand. Yeah, but when they're just looking at a logo, mm. oh, it's too similar. Yeah. When did you ever see a logo on its own? 
very rarely. Mm-hmm. It's usually it's part of something. Unless you're looking at logo book, but yeah. It's, yeah, you know. So, so what top tips have you got to, when creating a brand system, when a logo system, what top tips have you got to help the logo fit into one or, or actually be able to be expanded into one? I don't know. There's a, it's a weird thing. It's almost, for me, it's almost like muscle memory. You're just... You kind of do some things on autopilot and you don't know how you get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well it depends on the client and the industry that they're in and how much of a logo system they will require. Because mm-hmm. some don't need much at all um, yeah. and others do. So I think my biggest tip would be depend when you start, look at their competitors and look at what they are doing with their visual branding and you'll probably find that they don't that their competitors don't have much of a... a a consistent system across the board. It right. may be that they are just using their logo and maybe a color, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the yeah. system. It's just they they've got this color or a bar. How can you, for your client, do something a step further? Mm-hmm. You know, so think well, they've just got a bar. What if we, what if we do something with like some yeah. typography and and blocks and shapes? And um, so it's just. The one thing I liked that you said last night, and that's something I've never thought of, is you only do one concept when you're starting out. You were saying something about that last night. Yeah, I, I present one and, concept. And I thought that was brilliant because, again, you can go down that rabbit hole as well yeah. of doing far too many things and yeah. then you lose your way in that as well. I, there's, 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 pros and cons, there's, there's pros and cons to it um, as, a, as an approach. Um, but I find it works for me mm-hmm. and I find it works for my clients. Um, if you give someone options... As a designer, you understand why you've created those options and you know what's behind them. You show them to a client who isn't a designer and they will probably, there's a chance they will like parts of each of it and they will want, I like the color of that with the shape of that and that can you bring those together? And, and, and you can't do that because they're, they're independent concepts. You end up with a Frankenstein's monster designed by committee thing and then you're like, you know, and some people will do that. Some designers will go, yeah, okay. If yeah. I get, if I get paid, mm. and you're happy with it, great. Um, the the client's got to be happy, but in my head, I've got to be happier that I'm given what I think is the most successful option. Mm-hmm. And so, when I'm developing a concept and I only present one concept, that is the one that I believe is going to be the most successful. I don't why. I think people are giving. I don't know why, and this is, I'm having an opinion now, and this is scary for me. I think there's a certain sense of people feel they're giving more value by giving, you know, you see it on websites, you know, for this amount, for £200 you'll get one to two concepts, for £500 you'll get three to five concepts, for a thousand we'll give you five to ten concepts. You're like, is that value? Not really, because the client's like, but I'm paying you because you're the expert you're now giving me like and asking me you're asking like, which one do you like the best that's not the right question mm. never ask the client do you like this you ask the client do you feel this is the right fit for the goals and objectives of your brand then you're looking at the logo in terms of functionality mm-hmm. not i don't like purple or i don't like triangles or so that's why you ask that question because it, it makes them think about who who their audience is and also uh, if it works within the brand not just their personal opinion on the look of it yeah so some clients function. won't want to be part of it some clients want to pay you money and go right it's all up to you 
Right. But the client has to be part of it. Yeah. They have to be. They're living and breathing it. They, they still need just, to like it. They still yeah. need to be on board. They still need it. to like it. They they need to like it from the conceptual point of view. Yeah. They may not like it from the design point of view. Mm. But when you show them it with the logo system, it tends to change everything. They're like, oh, this is good. We can do this and we can do that. And it gives back to that Rocky Brand confidence thing of, oh, I, I totally get it. Because it feels you, more real, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying become a good salesman. <laughs> don't try. You do have to kind of sell the concept at times because people don't quite get it. But by selling it, what I mean is show them, show them how it will work produce some concepts, you know, and use mock-ups. And don't be afraid when you go into groups and be like, oh, you know, you should make your own mock-ups, you know, they should be unique. <laughs> screw that. That's I was going to say, yeah. say more than screw can... that, but I just get, who cares? Yeah. You're only saying that as a designer because you see those mock-ups every bloody day. Yeah, You're sick fed up and the client's never seen them before in their life and the client will be blown away by how that looks. So ignore people that say, don't use that, it's overused. No, it's not. So, so what we're saying is, when, when presenting works for a client, put it in, do, do you show it as a, as a still on its own first and then do all the mock-ups after in presentation? Yes, yeah, I, I will always show it in, uh, and I usually, um, I'll show it in black and white. I, yeah. I, I still do the whole, it kind of needs to work in black and white. It does. But it, it, it depends, does. again, the way things change, it depends on, on the client. If the client specifically says to you, this will only ever be used on screen, you don't have to do it in black. No, you don't have to think about that, no. But in my head, I'm going, there's going to come a point where they're going to want yeah. to, if it goes wild, this is going to become their brand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, but there's times where you go, okay, if that's what you want and you, you've got no limitations, you could do gradients and, mm. and all the rest of it. But black, and not necessarily black, just one color. But black and white, it show. keeps it simple enough to, to, to work. It, well, the reason why people say that as well is because it keeps it simple. It, it means that if it works in one color, that means there's not sort of loads and loads of overlays or bits and bobs. You're not relying like the on logo things was. to make the logo up. Yeah, yeah. Like on layers and shading and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I tend to do that and then... But that um, keeps it clear so it's so it's more visible from long distances and there's, there's loads of reasons behind why it should work in both. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, you know, it's up, to, it's up to people how they work but I would suggest that that way you're, you're focusing more on the, the, the balance and the shape of the logo than right. being... Um, sidelined with color because like you might do it in, yeah. in red and red's just not the right color for that and you might dismiss the concept because it in you even as the designer you're like, ah, it's not working mm. just do it in, do it in black and then and then i'll do it then i'll develop the color um but generally i will show um the concept um in black i'll have it in color but i will show it in black first and have a discussion with the client and see where it goes from there and if it's going quite well, then I'll go, and this is how it looks in colour. If I feel that there's a bit more work to be done, we'll, we'll end it there. I won't show them it in colour, and I'll go away, and I'll <coughs> tweak things a little bit. Then we'll come back and have a, and revisit the call, and then do it in colour. And then from there, I'll, be like, I'll have some mock-ups done um, that, will, that usually just kind of sends them over the edge, and mm -hmm. they'll be like, ah, love it, yeah. let's go, let's go with it. Um, That's a real emphasis on the mock-up thing, because I... I've done that in the past, so I haven't used mock-ups. And then when I have used mock-ups, it, it really does make it feel a real, a real product. Yeah, it, it does. And it might not, it, it might still not fully convince them, but it, it, it lets them start to, it, you know, visualise themselves how, how that will work. And 
I'm amazed that there's still so many people that don't do yeah. mock-ups. I've always kind of done mock-ups. Um, don't send a JPEG. Don't don't ever send a JPEG just, just of the logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's another thing as well. I always present my concepts on a video call. Cool. I never send it by email. So, how, so that's a good okay. talking point. How do you present a logo to a client? Can you talk me through that process? Uh, yeah, so basically I'll arrange to um, get them on a video call. Um, if... Some clients are very averse to it and they'll, they'll be like, mm, I don't want to do video, can we just you know, do a call? And it's like, well, that means I have to send you the content first, which means you're going to look at it. There's no danger you're not looking at that till I call you, mm-hmm. you know, like straight in. And I want to be able to talk you through it. Mm. Um, you know, uh, some people say, oh, if you have to convince me, then surely it's not the right thing. No, it's not about convincing, it's about explaining you know, uh, the method behind it. So I will um, book a call with them and then I'll get them on a video call and I'll share my screen and I'll talk through, we'll, we'll kind of review the strategy process. Okay, remember we did this and we, we came to the conclusion that this was the audience, this is the type of person they are, and this is, depending on the business, there's lots of different things. So there's a review of that. So it's fresh in their head what the goals are. What are we trying to achieve here? And then I will then say, so based on all of that, here is the concept that I've created, which I feel is the, the best solution for for you, and we'll we'll kind of talk through it, um, and then if it, like say if we're okay with that, we'll go on to the next uh, the color, and then start to show mockups. Um, one thing that I do is I never show my sketches early on, um, because a bit like showing concepts, your sketches are there as a designer just to get shit out of your head. And on a paper, um, and anyone that doesn't sketch and just goes straight into Illustrator doing concepts, it's a bad idea. Mm. I don't think you're giving yourself enough time to do stuff. Um, so I just I can't draw. I am shit at drawing. I am so bad at drawing. Mm. Um, but sketching isn't about creating, no. you know, finished polished things. Yeah, just get ideas like, yeah. down. And and by sketching, happy accidents can happen. You're just yeah. drawing. I mean, you're like, oh, that's quite a nice. Yeah. I like the way I've accidentally drawn that over the top of that, but it's created this really nice shape here. I yeah. like that. Um, it can take me a long time. I can struggle. You know, I'm, I don't come up with concepts like that. It can be a long, hard struggle pulling things out of my head. Um, I always seem to get there in the end. Um, but if you show the client that, they can latch onto a sketch that you, that you were just putting down there as just, I need to get this down but it's not what the way I want to go with this, and they'll latch on to it. Mm. And they'll be like, oh, but what about that one that you did there? They might not work on digital as well. Yeah, so yeah. what I do is I make, we get through the whole, they agree the concept and everything, then, no, I don't do it with every client, but a lot of clients, if I, if I know the client well enough that they're not going to kind of go, oh! But I think it, it's, it's also a way of showing the client how much effort you're putting in. It's not mm. justifying your fee, it's about showing them the amount of work yeah. that goes into creating it. It's not. So I'm not just sat down and went, that'll do. Yeah. And it shows them the process, and it shows because I'm a big fan as well. If you can build part of their story into the logo in some way, mm. it doesn't have to be obvious. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a negative space thing that shows what they do. It could just be through color. It could be a personal story that you know, it could be the, their favorite color is orange, and it might be that that works for the logo and for them. It, it just mm. is a happy coincidence. Mm. Um, 
or there's just some hidden meaning. I mean, one of the logos I completed recently, and, and it's the one I've done a case study on my web on my YouTube channel for Even Break, was the client really liked her original logo, but we were rebranding, and so when I am doing rebrands, I tend to prefer to do an evolution of the logo than something new, unless it's required. Yeah. Something just completely different. Um, so I took that logo and I evolved it, so it's it kind of comes from it. Um, and it's just, it just kept part of the client and kept that story through. And it's not hugely obvious, but when you see it, it is. And so by showing the client the journey mm -hmm. of the sketching and where it's come from, they, they, they can see and understand, and it helps them tell the story better as well. They can see why it's come through. So some people will say, that, you know, don't show sketches, but I just, I wouldn't show them at the start. Never, no. in a million years, yeah. show them at the start. It's a bad idea. Um, so it's it's not it's not a, yeah it's not a difficult process like presenting it to them. Mm. Um, it's got I, enough confidence to be on the video. Call yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think there's that. You know, I'm kind of with doing the YouTube stuff. I'm uh, I'm fine with it. But I think as well, one of the things and, and we touched on it last night was I like video because you can see people's reactions. Yeah. If you're on the telephone or something, they might be like, yeah, yeah, I like it, I like it. Mm. And their face is saying, yeah, I don't like yeah, it. it. And so you need to be able to read people. Um, because people will say what they want you to hear because they don't want to feel silly or maybe you know question you. And I'm like, no, question me. If you've mm. got concerns, yeah. we need to address them because I don't want you going away with this brand and then three months down the line, I see you've got someone else redesigning 100%. it or whatever. You know, that's That would make me feel terrible. So let's address this. Mm. If it's not working for you, we need to talk through it. Um, and by being on video, you can kind of do that. Yeah. Um, and it gives them the chance to question you as well. It's yeah. not. It's not a one-way thing. You know. It's like it's. I do kind of let. I do try and say to them, it would be great if you could let me just go through this. Yeah. And then you know save your questions till the end. Um, I will ask questions as I'm going through it, to them. But you know, it's like kind of if you could leave it to the end because there's a very good chance I will answer your questions as we go through me showing you this concept. Yeah, but what about, and then I'll probably answer it, and then we can use it for this, and all of the answered my question. Um, so if you it can make things get really confusing for the client if they're able to ask you questions all the way through. So that's, um, again, some people may not do that, but that's just the way I do it. So what happens if someone, because my big fear when presenting stuff to the client, especially on video, is that you do this logo and it's, it's all really good and, and you've got loads of confidence in it and you've got to have confidence in it to present it, right? Uh, so you do that and it's great and, you, and then they get the reaction and they're like, oh, I don't really like it. So you, do you then go away and, and work on it with them or, or ask them what's, what's the process when I don't like it, when you present it to them? Um, I, I never go into it going, well, that's a lie. You never go into going, what if you don't like it? You do go into going, God, what if you don't like it? Um, I just trust my process. Um, so if the process is good enough, it should be what they like anyway. Yeah, if you're doing it right. So, you know, it's like... If you're asking the right questions and that. Yeah, it? and you have to have, like, my process, when, I, you know, when someone comes to me, I tell them it's six to eight weeks to do a logo. Uh, and some people are like, you take how long to do a logo? But that's just how it is, because I feel there needs you need... As a designer, you need a break. You need to step away from it mm -hmm. every now and again. And the client needs to step away from it so that you're both coming back at it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, so I do quite a lot of research. I'll do like a couple of days of research time 
um, and I'll spend you know maybe a day sketching and then I'll look at concepts um, and I need time between each of those um, and so I mean I can you can do it quicker it can sometimes be done over like two to three weeks just yeah. depending on on how the thing's going but I say allow six to eight weeks um, and I you know I've seen people go if you, you know I, I think I said, there was someone posted you know if you can't do a logo in five hours you're not a logo designer and I'm like you're not a logo designer um, not if you're doing it the right way mm-hmm. what's happening there is that someone is like looking at the industry that the person's in and creating a logo that fits what they Style you need to have way. that. You need to. You really need to think about that. I mean, yeah. to kind of just design it yeah. that quickly. You and haven't had time to. And so. that's where, when you do start to follow a process, that's where you start to realise that you're undercharging, mm-hmm. because like I'm saying there, I'm two days of research alone before I even put yeah. pencil to paper, or pencil to iPad. So what are you researching then? Because that's a huge part of the the process and a huge part of the logo has to be the research and the thought behind it because it's, it's all good creating a picture if it doesn't have the meaning of the stuff behind it then it's just it's just yeah. that it's just a picture you've really got to look I, I, I spend a lot a lot of time looking at their industry and their competitors mm-hmm. to see what they're doing well and what they're not doing well mm-hmm. and is there a way that we can do something that would kind of uh, help them stand out a little bit more and um, it's not just you know you've got to go kind of fairly deep I look at the their competitors Facebook pages I look at the comments that their customers are leaving mm-hmm. just to see because you can kind of build up a, a picture of the culture and the tribes that are loyal to them what are they loving about this and what are they not some of it's not relevant to logo design but it's relevant to the strategy because mm-hmm. you know I talk about culture and purpose and all of that with my clients and that's you know relevant when you start to develop a logo system and stuff and you're like okay the you know most of your audience are of a certain age or maybe it covers all ages so we maybe need to create a couple of different types of logo systems that you would use and you would use one for targeting this group one for targeting that group or be the same logo system but like it might be um, more muted colors for this type of thing so you need to understand the the sector they're in um, and I'll do a lot. I'll do, I'll do mood boards, and I'll you know, paste the front pages of every company's website up there to see if there's any similarities across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll create um, color palettes. I'll usually choose three or four from each one, and I'll create um, swatches. And then I'll put if it's a rebrand, I'll put the client's current swatches in, and then go, okay, do do you fit? Do you want to fit? Or do you want to stand out? That's one question I always ask. Do you want to be part of the family of this industry or do you want to be slight disruptor and be different? Um, a bit like, um, I think it was Northern Rock, who are no more, they were a bank, but their colour was magenta. Mm. And it really stood out from the blues and stuff. Okay, yeah. Virgin had red. Um, but Northern Rock's really stood out. Mm. Um, so it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to stand out? Do you, do you want to play it safe? So there's a lot to think about um, in those first stages, um, and I do um, do strategy calls. If the client's near, we'll meet um, and do a strategy day where we'll yeah. go through purpose and values and brand positioning and stuff like that. If not, then we'll do a series of video calls nice. um, and go through that because, and that costs money as well to do. Mm. Um, 
and not everybody's willing to go for it and it's one of those things where not everyone's going to want to and you, you yeah. can't force people to do it but if you can help them to understand why strategy is important um, you know it's like it's for me without strategy it's just pretty pictures that's, 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 art. that's art yeah. that's not design mm-hmm. um, design needs strategy idea. behind it to, to do that and, and we talked about me going uh, doing Marty Neumeier's brand strategy course and um, that was that was amazing and like Marty's books are like I, I read through them a lot yeah. um, got them up there um, <laughs> uh, so yeah so Marty I would highly recommend you read The Brand Gap if you're a designer yeah. the, the brand gap and then he's also got zag and the brand flip um, and then he's got the meaningful company and he's got scramble which is his um, fiction book about uh, branding mm. which is a really different take on it um, and that big folder that big white folder there that's from the that's what you work through when you do wow. his two-day course um, so yeah and, and and that was that's a great thing because like marty is just the biggest advocate for strategy mm. design and strategy have to work together otherwise it's not you it's can't not, you're not achieve, yeah. you can't achieve goals if you don't have strategy behind it you're just pardon the phrase pissing into the wind I suppose, <laughs> a little bit and hoping or yeah. like throwing you know stones at a wall and seeing what will stick and it's yeah. it is it's just and that's and I did that yeah I, I did that when I was you know, in my early years, I was just designing stuff because it looked good. But I think that's where we all start, isn't it? It and is. And there's nothing wrong as long as you're it. giving your all yeah. to the client to the best of your knowledge and ability. You can. Yeah. And the difference being is, I I've been doing this for like twenty two years now, and I'm I, every day I'm learning and improving myself, and I'm learning more about strategy. So every day I'm doing the best. It doesn't mean I didn't do the best for the client I had two years ago. Mm-hmm. I was doing the best of my ability. And I'm just getting better, so the newer clients are seeing, are getting more yeah. value for what I'm doing, um, and that's you know, and that helps you increase your prices, because you're, you don't have to do more. Yeah. Like you know, I'm charging more this year than I was two years ago. I'm still doing the same process. Mm. I'm not giving extra concepts or extra but you're more knowledgeable about it and well, that's it. Well, it's more knowledge so it's the it's it's the expertise you're paying for mm-hmm. you know you're paying for me to be able to do this in you know if i sat with a client and and we did the strategy and then i was able to knock out their concept in five minutes mm. still paying the same fee yeah you know because it's, it's just because i'm able to do that but and i know money's a big thing for a lot money's a huge thing for me i'm hate charging money I don't like I don't hate charging money I don't like talking about money if I could do everything for free I would I just like helping people but I have to be able to support myself and everything so it's only now that I'm starting to get a bit more confidence and it's almost about respecting yourself Mm. you know I think a lot of designers don't I think they just they want to design but you're not really respecting yourself with what Mm. you're charging what happens everyone goes for a phase where you're a design prostitute at the start of the career yeah, and you're just yeah. <laughs> charging 15 pounds and stuff so you know that's what it really is you're trying to build a portfolio and i totally get that um i think you can charge a little bit more than that um and i'm not averse to you know like um we talked about the um design challenges local design challenges and stuff 
more for those. Those will help people with their skills of creating logos. Mm. But don't just do those as a way to build your portfolio. Mm. You know, try to help out businesses that may not have a budget. Charities yeah. is a great way to do that. Yeah. Charities yeah. is a great way to do experiment and um, charities have money as well. For you. you know, charities true. can access funding. I I've done quite I've done quite same. a few. Even yeah, if it's a small charity, though, like yeah, I, I, I helped out with a very small charity, and there's some. They'll nice be super grateful. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, yeah. Do do you do you have a pros um, uh, when when you have a client and you're trying to figure out their target audience and uh, and design for for someone you need a specific idea of, of that of that target audience. Do you create a persona? Do you create? A, do you have a persona? Again, shape? that's kind of where I'm at, like. I was all in on personas, you know, where do yeah. they hang out, what do they buy, what magazines do they read, and you can go yeah. too deep into it, and right. you're like, it's a very specific thing, you know, and they, you know, they do say, you know, the more specific you are, the more targeted you are, I'm not quite that deep on it now, okay. it's like, let's just have a more of a surface view right now, and then, mm-hmm. if you have a, spe- it, again, it depends on the client, if they have a very specific product, Mm-hmm. then you do want to see where that's going to go and, and, and be as specific with it. But yeah. um, in the first instance, it's going to be a little bit more kind of just general. And like I say, you find a lot by looking at um, Instagram comments and Facebook comments, the types of people that are mm-hmm. that are on there and commenting. And, and also you find that people that hate them. Is that yeah, of, why of, do they hate them? Of the client? Yeah. Of, right. of, of, well, of, of their competitors. Um, okay. mm-hmm. And so you can kind of build up an idea of, of the types of people that are looking at that product or industry yeah. um, doesn't always work no. you know it's like everybody's different um, and you sometimes just have to change tack a little bit and just be a bit more f- I think you have to be fluid in the way that you work I think I mean I have a process but it's pretty fluid I can move certain things around if I need to um, but it should be done in a, in a, in a certain order I, like when I'm looking at doing my research phase I don't have specific things in there I can kind of chop and change depending on, on, on what's required some need more research and some need less yeah. um, if it's a if it's a new business I tend to research the industry more mm-hmm. if it's a rebrand they already know their industry and it's usually there's usually a problem with communication or speaking to the audience so it's, it's a diff- then you're looking at their audience you're looking at what are their customers writing on their social media, uh, social yeah. channels and stuff. So what's what's not working? What are we what what's missing here? Yeah. Um, and you look at it that way. Rebrands are rebrands are way more scary to do because there's existing well, you've got there's existing equity, as well, haven't you? There's yeah. existing equity there. It might be that you know someone might do a rebrand because something's gone really wrong, mm. like they've they've done something bad and they need to distance themselves from it. I've never worked with a brand where that's been the case. Okay. It's usually just been a case of, we've had this, or you know, usually it's a, we got this logo designed when we started, we didn't spend any money on it, and you know, we're now much bigger, and we just don't feel that this fits us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when new when new businesses come to me, and they're like, we need a logo, oh, do you? Mm. Have you started your business yet? No, no, we're relaunching like two months time. Okay, um, and sometimes depending on on how the chat goes I'll just say to them I don't think you need a logo right now just type your name out in a nice font make mm. it look decent you know like it's been thought out. I, I could do that for them I said and in 12 months time come back that's interesting because why, why in 12 months well because so why don't you advise people to get a logo then 
because the logo for me is there to represent the brand and and like I say it's part of a logo system and as much as a business owner like so let's use my partner she's Judy's way to start a, a, a cooking school yeah. teaching people how to cook um, and Judy knows who she wants to teach when you launch the business and it gets out there the customers control your brand they'll start saying what they want and so you will kind of almost you might pivot a little bit and go well I was going to do this so let's say I was going to teach students how to cook better and how to budget but actually I'm getting a lot of people saying you know hey I've just recently become vegan but I don't know how to cook vegan food and suddenly there's more of those people going hey actually this is a bigger so, market so, so, you, create a logo for so if you create a logo for a student market yeah it's not going to work for this so I'll that's not all the time but I just I like to let let the client think about it because I don't want you spending money if in 12 months time you're going to have to completely rechange yeah. you know redo your branding yeah. so spend your money on maybe doing market research and I mean you should be doing that before you launch your business anyway um, but you just never know um, it's like um, you know like Marty said you know you don't control your brand your customers control your brand they will dictate to you what they want um, and you will you can influence it by saying we do this and this is how we are but it's their interactions with the brand so you could say we're friendly and this and that but if their interactions with your customer service and that are the exact opposite mm. they will say no you're not yeah. and so you then have that's an, an instance where a, a company will have to rebrand a little bit and or look at themselves and look at their values and go we're not living our values here you know we're saying we're this but the customers are experiencing the opposite what's going on and that's an internal thing that's an internal uh, rebrand shake up yeah. um, culture I suppose um, so yeah I'm, I'm you know so as much as I need money mm. like everyone else yeah I always put the customer first right and um, my one of my core values is empathy and I empathize with what a lot of business owners are going through mm. they don't know about branding and stuff so I think the more honest you are with them the more they'll trust you they may not come back to me in 12 months mm. but I will know that I did the right thing by them and some will go, no, no, we're ready to go ahead, we want to go ahead, and I will do my process. I see what you mean. Uh, with, with that, because obviously they, they want to make sure that, yeah, they wanna, the idea behind that is they want to make sure that they're doing, they're rebranding and having, going through the whole process for the thing that they're going to do, because it's like saying yeah. you don't want to change it, and then have all that wasted. Um, yeah, and it's... But what happens if it's, if it's, if it's a person, your wife did, does do yeah, that, and... Uh, you could, you could create the brand around her, maybe, and that, that would be... Yeah, you can do it. There's different ways of doing yeah. it. If you're going to create it as a personal brand, but then you also have to ask the client, do you have aspirations to franchise this? Do you have aspirations to yeah. sell this on? Do you have... There's, there's long-term questions you have to ask the client. Yeah. You need to understand what their ambitions are. And that's where strategy sessions come in, where you talk about purpose. So what's your purpose for doing this? Over and above the money side of it. Um, you know, it's uh, what is it? Simon Sinek said. Simon Sinek, who start with why? Um, profit isn't a purpose; it's a result. Is what he says, right? So, profit yeah. is it's it's, it's yeah, a yeah. result of, of what you do. Mm. 
Um, it's not your purpose. No. Why are you doing it? Could mm-hmm. be Some really. people may say, oh, I just want to make money. Yeah, yeah that's it. It might be that, maybe it. Yeah. But most people, it's not. Yeah. So I want to make a difference. I want to help people with this. My product will help people do this. It might help them get their shoes on easier. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a thing. And then you then ask them what their vision is. And the vision is the big, long term. We want to be the world's biggest shoehorn supplier. <laughs> Don't know why I'm thinking shoehorns and stuff. Um, and so you get where they're trying to go and then you've got um, the mission, which is like, how do we do that now? Mm. You know, so it's so purpose isn't the same as vision. It's pretty close. Yeah. It's a bit gets a bit confused when you're trying to explain it to clients. But yeah, the, the mission's how you do it now. And the mission your mission statement will change every couple of years as you achieve the things you're trying to do. But your vision should be massively lofty that you're always striving for it. So um, almost like the end goal that's unreachable. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's almost yeah. it keeps you going. Yeah. Um, I think so one of the an example of that I think Microsoft's was they wanted to put a, a computer on every desktop in every home. Mm-hmm. And they achieved it. And then, yeah. oh, geez, we need to change our vision because you know. What is it now? I yeah. tell you, but I knew that I know that that was kind of one of them. But um, switch all the Macs from switch all the yeah, all the yeah, Macs from yeah, Macs yeah get them all switched yeah. over. Um, but it's like, like I say, you need to think. Don't just take what your clients telling you at face value, and I think that's a mistake that we all make as younger designers. And I don't mean young as in age. You could be. 50 and could come a new design. I just yeah. mean young as in terms of experience. Yes. Um, you need to you need to push your clients and get them to ask answer questions. Mm. Um, and one thing I will say is I'm not a big fan of sending clients questionnaires. I think that's the most yeah. soul-destroying thing in the world. You're trying to get someone excited or they're excited about starting a business or rebranding and you send them like a six-page, can you fill this out before you get back in touch with me? No, because their time is precious as well. That's so you it. need to try and make it as easy as possible. So that's why I like having a, I'll have a video conversation with yeah. them where I'm basically doing the questionnaire, but doing it through conversation. And you want to get to know them as well. That's the main point with that. Yeah, because they may go, you know what? I don't like you. Yeah. I don't want to work with exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be so you're not egotistical. Then. You're not so that faceless. You are the perfect solution for everyone because mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's been times where I've I, I've said as well as. I don't think I'm the right designer for you because I, I think yeah. you're looking for something else, but I can recommend someone who I, I know would be the right fit for you, who's more technical um, and has this specific style yeah. and pass them on. Because that's one thing I like to do. I don't like to just leave someone hanging. Same, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll pass them on. And they will respect that. And there will be times where they'll actually maybe have someone who says, I'm looking for loans, who have you used? And they go, well, I should use this, but you might, you'll maybe be a better fit for a call. Mm-hmm. You should go and speak to him. So I'm a big believer in, in kind of karma and stuff will come back and, mm-hmm. um, you know, short-term loss, long-term gain Absolutely. kind of thing. Um, yeah. And we're talking super long-term. <laughs> you know? um, but I'd rather, get, I'd rather get somewhere by doing the right things than treading on people to make money quickly. Yeah. It's just not how I, I'm not, not money-oriented. I don't want to be a millionaire. I'd like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not there yet, but I think there's a lot of lot of creative people. They're not in it for the money, and you, I mean, it'd be stupid to get into design for the money. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're competing with so many people. Um, I just want to see how long this is going. But yeah, um, yeah. It's a silly thing to get into design for money because it's it's not the most profitable thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it can be if you get to the top. Pentagram. You know, right. Yeah, it's a long. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. lot 
there's quicker ways of making more money. That's yeah, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah but, there is, and you know, but it's yeah, you've got to have a love for it. You've mm. got to have a passion for it, um, and it just takes over your life. You know, it can be, and, and that's it's not a good thing. No, well, it's a lifestyle in a way. It's isn't not it? a good yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, you, things can suffer um, because of it if you if you you know try to do everything. I'm in that boat, like a lot of other people. You know, like I say, I've got Stuart who helps me out with a few hours a month helping me out doing some stuff subcontracted for me um, and I've got uh, Holly who helps me with uh, interviewing clients for case studies which just uh, and that's a recent thing that's only just really started happening because I can't step differentiation thing you need to be putting you, as a designer you need to be putting out content that helps educate your audience mm-hmm. um, as to why they should trust you and why they should use you what's your experience and you just do that by content and case studies yeah. and stuff. And, and that's the content marketing side of things that I do. So. Yeah, I was going to pick up on that because that's a really good point where a lot of you know, the entrepreneur people at the top are saying, you've got to have content. Like Gary Vee, for example, he says, oh, you've got to, you've got to uh, be a media company first. Yeah. Then when, when I started stuff, doing stuff, I was like, okay, all right, great, I'll, I'll make videos. But then I started making videos to designers. Yeah. And I was like, why am I getting clients? I'm making all this content. Mm-hmm. Why am I not getting clients? Yeah. And it's oh, wait, happens. I'm making it to the wrong people. It's what yeah. happens. So you've got to make it for, for, for clients like you, that you're it's doing. What happens. You're yeah, trying to educate to... the clients. I think Gary Vee's thing is, um, <sighs> Gary Vee, I don't know, I can kind of take him and take him and leave him. Um, but uh, he did, you know, I think one of the things he said was document. Yeah. Don't think of things, just document what you're doing because people like to watch how you change and how you yeah. evolve. Yeah. Well, I think it's the process as well. Everybody's fascinated with how you make yeah. things more popular than the end result. Yeah. Like, I'm not an Instagram user. No. I'm terrible at it. Mm. I'm one of those people that go, oh, four hours ago, that would have been a great photograph for Instagram. <laughs> I just, my brain doesn't, yeah. whereas I've got clients and friends who are like, Instagram stories and like, like mm. my brain doesn't work that way. I'm too slow. For, for that way of thinking yeah. I mean it's amazing I took a photo of you guys set up this morning <laughs> and my I mean, you, that might I mean, you followed me this like, morning you know? I was a bit overwhelmed yeah. like. <laughs> so there's you need to do what's right for you um, and you know I started by writing blogs to you know what's the difference between a JPEG a GIF and content that helps oh, 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 oh you did it there GIF but yeah so you'll find your own thing and to be honest I didn't think video would be my thing. If you'd have said to me mm. four years ago, you'll be doing YouTube videos, I'd be like, yeah, you're having a laugh. There's not, I didn't like get my photograph taken. Mm. But because I had a passion to help clients, I pushed myself out of my comfort zone and went, right, I'm going to create videos to help business owners. Um, business owners, but help people understand the jargon that we talk about every day that we think is normal um, and yeah it's been useful and some designers do it but what you said there is uh, when you start creating content the easiest thing for you to do as a designer is talk about design stuff and then you do realise that you're creating stuff for designers and I didn't want to do that because there's people out there doing that well already mm-hmm. they, they yeah. didn't need another person That's but so I thought obvious. an underserved group is the customer is the client um, and I didn't start it thinking it was going to get me business. No. It's just a content marketing for me, and, and as part of Content Marketing Academy, is about helping the buyer make the right decision, even if that decision is to not buy from you. Mm. Being honest with that, yeah. That's what it yeah. comes down to. And, and by doing that, 
you're being honest and truthful in what you say. Yeah. You know, um, and one of the toughest things with content marketing, and I've, I've not done it yet, is reviewing your competition. And that's a hard one because if you start to review your competition, the person's instantly going to go, well, you're going to be biased because you, you know, but you have to disarm them at the start by saying, like, I'm going to be completely honest with this. You know, a lot of people do content marketing and they'll do like top 10 design companies and they'll put their own company in there and you're like, oh, no, yeah. you can't, no, you don't do that. Unless you are the top. You know, but again, you, no, wouldn't, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> you just it wouldn't. Depends you depends just wouldn't. You would talk about, you'd, you would talk you about, and you have to do it in a very um, analytical way. You have a series of criteria that you judge them on and, you, and everyone gets judged the same way. There's no bias from you. You know, is their website easy to use? What are their prices like? Is their pricing there? Mm. You know, because there's that whole thing of do you put pricing on your website or not? Yeah. With me, you should have pricing there or you should at least discuss it mm. because you'd be like, oh, but you know, I'm bespoke. I do. But you can still discuss it. You can yeah. still say, okay, you know, ballpark, you're about this. Here's what can affect pricing. Mm. Do you need strategy sessions? Do you need that will add more? Mm. By discussing pricing, you'll get rid of a lot of tire kick people are just going to waste your time um, so that's it that's always a big issue um, for that but yeah content marketing for me has been a big thing and it's just yeah if you're just basically preaching content to help your audience mm. you just keep doing that yeah. and and I have gained clients from YouTube you know purely from YouTube um, what's your videos how can I work with you well I guess there's a loyalty there isn't there they and they already know you. They already know you when they get that. And that's important you, yeah. as well when you yeah. are doing videos. Be yourself. Yeah. Because if they phone you and then they start dealing with you, you're nothing like you are mm. in video. You just have to be yourself. Yeah. Um, and do that, but yeah, it's it's a way to differentiate yourself. It's a way to get your personality across um, and your knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I'll say as well by starting the YouTube channel it made me look at my own stuff. Mm. Like, it made me look at logo design more deep because if you've got to do a video on a topic that you think you understand and then you go, actually, I don't really know too much about that. I'm going to have to, like, read up on that. Mm. And you become way more knowledgeable and it's also different as well as a designer. You, like we said, we kind of muscle memory it. We just know what we're doing. When you have to teach someone how to do it, it's an entirely different oh. thing. You're like, okay, I've got to do this in a logical way that explains why this step comes after that step comes after that step. So you get much better at your job. Okay. You get much, much better at your job. It's like when you learn to ride a motorbike, you become a better car driver mm. because you're aware of how... Um, From the other perspective, Like you? in yeah. a car, you just feel safe. You're in a box on a motorbike, you feel very vulnerable. Mm. So now when I'm in my car, um, having learned to ride a motorbike, I, I do safety checks in my car. Yeah. I don't just use my wheel. I, I do shoulder checks because... Yeah. You know, you pull out on bikes because you just don't see them and stuff. So mm. it's it's about that. It's just about all these things will make you a better designer. Don't think of it as a waste of time, or you will improve as a as a person, and, and you know, and you, it will give you a better understanding of what you're trying to do. Mm. Um, but don't think it's going to make you loads of money. No, you know. Um, <laughs> but what the one last thing I want to talk about is young people calling themselves brand strategists we've talked about this a little bit last night yeah. uh, and, and there'll be a lot of people that listen to this that say uh, well, say that on their Instagram bios or, or just because they, cause I was confused when I was younger that if I try and project myself as this big company more people will come to me mm -hmm. 
having a bit more experience, a bit more hindsight, I don't think that works as well as it, I thought it did when I was younger. Yeah. So it's, it's important to show, from my point of view, I think it's important to show a 